7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Yes, so the, the update on the injuries is uh, very short because it's only Mateo Kovacic whom we are missing. Everybody else is available and everybody else will be in the squad with us. You, you're so experienced in the, in the Champions League yourself personally. What, what do you see about the, this group of players and the squad that you have? you believe that they've got that, that big game mentality for even the biggest game against the Real Madrid? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the experiences that we have together. We don't have to talk them into being confident and we don't have to convince them as a coach. Uh, we try to, but it's so much easier if you have the experience ex- actually together. And this is what I feel every match. I feel that we, we, we are able to play on a very high level. We are, if, if it's not possible to play our nicest match, we are always able to, um, to, to, to not let the opponents play their best match, which, which is also a definition of, um, of performance, to not let the others perform. So um, we have a strong bond. I feel a strong bond within the squad. It's a, it's a, I feel us very, very um, involved in, to physically in the games, ready to work together, to suffer together, and uh, when it's needed to, to respond to the questions, if it's necessary to fight, to fight. If it's necessary to run, to run. If it's uh, the moment to show your skills and uh, escape pressure with passing or, or be dominant. We have uh, in every match uh, moments where we can do this, yeah. And uh, the level is so high, but but it's uh, in, if you arrive in semi-final in Champions League. But like I said, um, we uh, I, we 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 should not expect crazy things from us. But the same the same again on 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 the highest level. And the the, the good thing is we have the experience together. We had uh, tough matches, tight matches. Uh, very important matches in our in in Premier League and FA Cup. Okay, good evening, everybody, and uh, thank you for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on the sports show SAFM Spot On with me, uh, Taviso Musia. Katlaho Modiva is producing the show alongside Ben Erkoto, and Patrick Munana is there, but I'm not sure if if he's working today. Patrick. Okay, Patrick Patrick says it's not working today. Bongiwe Thomas is the one that is driving the show tonight. So welcome, Bongiwe. Uh, good to work with you. Um, as usual, we open with a clip, and this one is from Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel, just to highlight tonight's massive Champions League first semi-final against Real Madrid in Spain. Should be a very interesting game, especially away from home from for Chelsea. You'd expect Tuchel to play it safe like he has since he joined the club, and Madrid will definitely go all out for a first leg advantage here. So this one kicks off at 9pm, the first leg of this Champions League semi-final tomorrow. PSG and Man City. PSG being uh, the home side for the first leg in the Paris there against Man City. And uh, then there was also football here at home actually today, this afternoon. There was, uh, there was drama in the game between Stellenbosch and Maurice Beck United. It looked like it was 0-0 up until at a time when uh, Mendieta was a judge to have handled in the box for Stellenbosch. Maris Beko awarded a penalty, soft penalty, if, if, if I might add. That's just my opinion. But um, it was given anyway. And guess who? Tabiso Kutumela stepped up, put it in the back of the net in added time to give Marisbeck United a 1-0 win over Stellenbosch FC. That's his eighth goal now in nine in, in the last nine matches. 
That's his eighth goal, Tabiso Gudumela. No wonder they are calling him Gudundowski there because he can bang in the goals there, uh, the Marisbeck United captain. So well done to him. Also in double figures, of course, in the scoring charts this season. And then there's another game that just finished um, a couple of minutes ago in Dobsonville. No surprises, yeah? Swallows won. Supersport United won. Uh, Pasadine opening the scoring for Swallows with a header there. Good header. Seems like a good player, this Pasadine, from the little that I've seen of him. And then Sipo Mbule stepping up uh, to equalize for Supersport United. He's been finding the goals lately. But it's another draw for Swallows now. 15 draws in 24 matches. It must be six draws in their last seven because I think it was five in the last six before this game. How is that? And then, Brother Caetano at Supersport United won't be sleeping well at night. They haven't won since the 13th of February. Supersport United. That's like nine games without a win. And they are now sixth on the log and Swallows are fifth. Imagine, you don't win for two months, but you're still sixth on the log. How is our league, Marquise? Stellenbosch also hadn't won for a long time. They were still in the top 10 or top 12 there um, in the league. So you can drop points in this league and you'll still be in a comfortable position because, because n- nobody's really challenging sundowns. Well, Amazulu are with all due respect and golden arrows are challenging sundowns but teams are dropping points around them and all of that but nobody's capitalizing but anyway that's what happened today in the league on the show tonight though we're going to speak to a group of cyclists that had a freedom ride today on freedom day the whole idea behind this ride is a campaign that calls on the public to support the inclusion of SA's talented black professional cyclists and the one and uh, um one of the cyclists behind this campaign will speak to us about what happened today and the challenges faced by black cyclists. It's actually called the Representation and Inclusion Freedom Ride Campaign. That's what happened today. So we're going to speak to them shortly. Also on the show this evening, we'll find out more about the second edition of the Safa National Women's League, which kicked off last weekend. And sports journalist Letaba Khanyako will tell us what we can expect and if lessons were learned from the first edition, which had a lot of challenges. And then we will end the show by talking Bundesliga. I don't know how many times they've tried to convince me to talk Bundesliga on the show, but uh, today we're going to talk Bundesliga because so much has happened in Germany today. Bayern Munich confirming that the highly rated 33-year-old Julian Nachelsmann will be their new manager next season after he agreed a five-year deal. He joins them from RB Leipzig, uh, one of the most highly rated young managers in Europe. And Bayern say they have accepted current coach Hansi Flink's request to terminate his contract at the end of the season. So the Bundesliga anchor on SABC3, Susan Beber, will speak to us about that. As usual, you can send your voice notes on any of our discussions, topics to 061-4104-107. That's our number on WhatsApp. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, let's start uh, by talking cycling then. I did mention that there was a freedom ride uh, today. There's a campaign calling on public on the public to support the inclusion of SA's talented black professional cyclists. And we are joined on the line to find out more about this ca- campaign and about the group by the General Secretary of the NCAF, Ubuse Madala, who joins us um, on the line. The NCAF is the National Cycling Academy Forum. Good evening, Butler. Thank you very much for being able to speak to us on SAFM tonight. Tabiso, good evening. It's an absolute pleasure to be speaking with you today. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. Maybe let's start with with some background about the National Cycling Academy Forum. What is this organization and who does it represent? Okay, so I think we've been hearing quite a lot about um, the male administration in, in, in the sporting fraternity. So basically, the National Cycling Academy's forum is clubs and um, development clubs and academies in rural areas and township areas who we know from our apartheid legacy 
were excluded from the sport of cycling. So since 94, we've been um, partners, we've been affiliates of the Federation because obviously we are passionate about cycling. But over the years, I think 27 years for us, kind of, you know, put alarm bells to say, here we are in a structure, here we are with negotiations, here we are trying to be recognized to say, guys, we have never had grassroots cycling development. There were laws put in place, um, there were policies put in place that excluded black people. Yet we are part of the federation, we pay affiliation fees, we do everything by the book, and yet we cannot get to develop our own selves and, and, and extend and promote the sport in our own spaces because we're still under the hand of this federation who has not transformed. So the National Cycling Academies Forum is solely made up, well, not solely, um, the majority of the members of the NCAF are clubs and academies that are affiliated to the federation. We've just exhausted all the internal processes to be recognized so that we can do grassroots development in our spaces. So basically, that's that's the history. It's like... A, in our problems in trying to bring up these issues about guys, we don't get the budget to do our own events in our own spaces. There, there is no race. You know, we, we, we know of the 94.7s, of the Mashovas, of the Cape Town Cycle Tour, Cape Epic. These are big events and nothing stops us as clubs and academies in rural and township areas to be able to do exactly the same thing. The problem is that we are excluded and we are not recognized by the very same federation that we affiliate to. So we decided this year, let us amplify our message and make it known and ask for the public to support black riders. It's an indictment that in 2021, I don't know if you know of any professional black riders when not Tabis or yourself. Do you know mm. of anyone? I don't know. Does Nicolas Lamene count? Well, he doesn't count because he's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about the only one that I know, actually. Exactly. He doesn't count. He's the only one. And yet we have had so many cyclists that have ridden overseas that have really made it. And the problem is because there is just no support and because there is so many barriers to entry, we are unable to find a, a long-term strategic way to make sure that these cyclists, when they get unearthed from the township and rural areas, Mm -hmm. they are sustainable and they are maintained within the elite spaces of cycling. Actually, another one that just came to mind now is Lutando Kaka. Lutando is a good ally, yes. Lutando is a good ally of of our movement. He comes from Velokaya, yes. And I mean, with, with us trying to just amplify the fact that there are blacks on bikes. Yeah. Um, he's been very instrumental in, in joining the campaign and in also just being the voice to say it can happen. It's 27 years. Gandhi, what must happen? It's, <laughs> what, what, what do we need to do to make sure that we are able, as the custodians of development, mm-hmm. so if you think about it, mm-hmm. there is no reason why the very same federation that had these policies and laws that excluded black people, why should we expect that we are going to get a different answer now or maybe just organically it is all going to fall into place 
that, you know, cycling is going to be developed in our communities when they excluded us in the first place, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So are you, are you fighting from internally? Are you still part of the National Federation with this National Cycling Academy Forum? Yes. Yes, we are. And and I think the reason why we have come out and you have taken all our grievances to the media is because behind closed doors in boardrooms, we are always not recognized. If you think about all the predominant predominantly white sports, previously known as white sports, your crickets, we know what has happened mm-hmm. to crickets, your rugby, rowing, canoeing. Hockey, we those, had them recently on the show also. Similar challenges. Yes, yes. So what I'm saying is all those organizations have at least acknowledged that we need to have a development wing where people from these communities who are more in touch with what is happening in their communities formalize themselves and we give them the support as the federation to come on board as development. Cycling is not like that. They don't want to even entertain the fact we, you know, we, we've ex- applied on two occasions. One, it was 2017 and then in 2020, where we have said to them, we want, we are part of you, but you guys don't know the strategies or the policies to empower the cycling academies who ultimately, if you think about it, Tabiso, have worked from a vacuum. You know, we are a constituent of about more than 40 clubs nationwide. And these guys have literally just absorbed the growing talent of cycling without any recognition from the Federation, without any support actually from government and have absorbed the talent. And the thing is, you find that most of the time, these academies find the talented riders in these rural areas, in these township areas, and then they get poached. And then also the, 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 the usual challenges that, you know, the sport is a bit on the costly side of things. You know, they don't get the necessary support. The fact that the races still don't happen in our own spaces, there's the additional charges. You have to have a transport that will take you to a race that starts at 6 a.m. You have to pay exorbitant fees to these race entries. You know, you have to maintain your bike and there are no spaces in your own place you don't have a mechanic you can't buy your own kit you can't service your bike so everything becomes a cost Mm -hmm. and it's a burden on black riders because what we're saying let us handle grassroots development and let us be the pathway so that when we do find talented riders yes we understand that the federation is a custodian of cycling in the country you know for us to get to professional championships to get to UCI races, which is the equivalent of FIFA, you know, Mm, when you mm. take sport, when you take uh, soccer. Mm. We need to go through you guys, you know what I mean? Mm. But what we're saying is you are so out of touch with what needs to happen. As we speak, when I tell you so today, we don't have any trained referees in our space. There is no, there's no significant number. I think there is a few if not two uh, referees of color, they're called commissars in, in cycling. Mm-hmm. Um, there, is any, there is no other black people that can literally come to a township and officiate. So what you find is, even if you are a professional event organizer like I am, myself, you know, I am an owner of the National uh, Criterium Series. Mm-hmm. But when I try and sanction a race that I want to do in the township, 
officials literally pull out and say it is not safe. We can't go and officiate your race. Do you see that is an entry, I mean, a barrier to entry? Because then what happens to the structure that we want to develop in our own communities? Simple things like, let's say now you have found a rider, you know, that is quite talented in the township. In order for that rider to get a racing license, they need to belong to a club. They call it good standing. And and, and for me, I believe that the federation is not in good standing with black people because since 94, there has not been any empowerment or development in the majority of the people where they are. You know what I mean? The fact that we don't have any tracks, racing, you know, you, you, you don't have any trained mechanics. You don't have bike shops, you don't have um, officials, you don't have event organizers. Those are simple things that, you know, you just need to give the technical skills to the people in those spaces and you unearth the talent and you balance the scale. Because what it seems like is that maybe black people don't ride. Do you know what I mean? And you and I know on weekends, like you find... (laughs) Everywhere on the road, you find cyclists in every township. And I mean, we also have to take into cognizance that we're living in a time where health, where fitness, wellness, those things are quite popular and people want to aspire to be doing those kind of sports. And it know? doesn't sound like you're looking for a handout here, Butle. You just No, be, no, no. Yes, we don't. You just want opportunities. We, you. We, we want to be recognized. Yes. We've got, we've conceptualized ourselves the grassroots development program because we understand what needs to happen. You know what I mean? All we're saying is let us run our own grassroots development program. We will be the pathway. When we find this talent, you have the experience. We will hand over to the elite teams, to Team B, so that selectors understand that we do have these riders and these riders can go and represent the country. You know what I mean? We, we can do that for ourselves. The biggest issue, um, and when we talk about exclusion and the lack of transformation, it's, it's all of these laws and policies where, for example, if you are a club in Mamelodi, for example, and you want to put up a cycling race and you make an application to the usual suspects, the natural, um, national lottery, if you don't belong to a provincial union, then you don't qualify because they need to then send a letter as part of the application to the lottery to say, yes, this person is affiliated to us. Then they can host the event in the auspices of the the National Federation. Why should we go via them where they don't know what is happening on the ground? You understand? That is another barrier to entry. That is another exclusionary measure that the administration need to look at and say, okay, how do we come together to collaborate so that we make sure that we level field? There are guys that, you know, within two years in starting cycling, they take podiums. They are number one. They are number two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it is, it is actually for that reason that we decided let us amplify our message and make sure that at least the public understands um, that they are black professional cyclists, we just are excluded. 
Okay, for those just joining our conversation, we are speaking to the General Secretary of uh, the National Cyclist uh, Cycling Academy Forum, Obusle Madlala, just talking to us about uh, the challenges that are faced by black cyclists, the lack of opportunities or recognition, and she's also going to tell us about, uh, well, this freedom ride that happened today on the 27th of April. We're just going to take a quick break and we'll continue. Do note the voice notes that are coming in. We'll also play them. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Hi, good evening, Tabiso. You're speaking to my daughter from Kodeka. Um, Tabiso, I'm listening to you and this lady talking about cycling and challenges. But Tabiso, I've just got a one question. If the minority, which is the white people in this case, are not giving uh, the black riders a chance to, to, to ride, then with the government being our own as black people, why can't we just form our own Tabiso and stop complaining about white people this and this and that? Why can't we just form for, uh, form our own teams and leave them alone? Thank you. Hi, man, it's Lance from Sukunda. I want to agree with a lady about, you know, bicycling in, let's call it, colored and black communities it's a lot more um advanced in black communities but so far behind in as uh, compared to white communities i just want to touch on the tracks you know there used to be track racing in any other major city i think the last great one that's left is, is in pal where they do the track racing you know with fixed gear bikes where you sprint and um this used to be a major thing among colored people with, with me growing up and nowadays it's just gone it, it doesn't exist anymore um road bicycling is also slowly declining amongst colored communities i think because of the danger of where they live so speaking about danger i don't think it's necessarily well it, it could have to do with the environment um people not being from there but i agree with her something needs to be done with regards to empowering people who are from the environment and then and uh, have them officiate events in their environment. But that's not just a, it's not just a uh, federation problem. It's it's more a government problem also to make sure roads and pathways or bikeways are safe and exist, you know. Okay, thanks for those voice notes, guys. Matoda Butle says, why don't we start our own? I think he wants us to start our own federation. <laughs> so, so the, the, that's ultimately what we are seen as we are seen as um wanting to topple mm. the national federation and we are saying no we understand so if i take the analogy of fifa mm. fifa is the governing body of soccer so anybody that wants to do professional soccer in wherever they are they need to affiliate so there is mm. CAF in 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 africa yes and it's got member affiliates the same with cycling there's uci and UCI has UCI Africa with member affiliates. So if we are saying we want to be serious in competing and taking our black riders to the next level, we cannot avoid the federation. Mm. We have had um, discussions and negotiations with SACOC. We Mm. have gone to sport and recreation. We have finally now sent our grievances to the minister because our biggest problem in cycling is that cycling is not understood. You know, if I were to ask you, do you think cycling is an individual sport or is it a group, is it a team sport? Mm. You wouldn't be able to tell me. So 
the, the, the biggest problem is because there is no investment in our own communities. Government really has tried, but because of the lack of exposure and the lack of understanding, they invest money in cycling development. And I'm sure you know when Atabiso Guti is Kubega. Yes, These are the bikes. Kubega, yes. But do you know that, this, that those are not sporting cycling bikes? Mm. Those are commuter bikes. Mm, so if mm. you're saying as government you want to invest in a sport for black people and you give them commuter bikes, are you not disadvantaged, uh, disadvantaging them as as talented black riders? So that you give them a bike. Firstly, Kubega bikes are like seven kilograms more <laughs> mm. than the normal sporting bike. So the bikes that the government is investing so much in is not the right bike. But does the federation benefit from letting the government know that this money that you give us for cycling development is not really the right equipment? No, they don't. Because the federation itself is in, it's not in good standing. Talking about the federation, I've just had a quick look at the ex-con now. Uh, I think (laughs) the only person that I knew was Siska because we've always spoken to her as the president. But I look at this at the structure of cycling South Africa and the exco yeah. is it transformed? It doesn't look transformed to no, me. No, it's not transformed at all. Um, when I tell you, so the, the, the biggest problem is we're not saying that the Federation does not have good intentions. Mm. They might have good intentions, yes, to want to transform, to, 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 to want to make sure that the, 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 the status quo changes. But the biggest problem is they are not valuing diverse ideas and diverse um uh but, but if the makeup if the makeup of the esco is what i'm seeing here on their website i mean will they, they will they understand it's, it's diversity no they won't they don't it for me i always make an analogy that you 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 literally putting a goat next to cabbages and you're saying the goat is going to look after the cabbages goat only knows that cabbages are there to to be child <laughs> for lack of a better word. So for me, the the first thing is that there is lack of diversity. There's no inclusion. And we can't be in 2021 with a population and a sport that is growing so immensely in the township and rural areas. So factually, when I tell you, so numbers are growing in township and rural areas and numbers are declining in your predominantly suburban areas. And the reason why they are not realizing these numbers as part of the federation is there is no benefit for a black guy in Soweto to be paying affiliation fees where he can ride at his backyard. Mm. There is no benefit for him to pay affiliation fees where he has to take two taxis to go to Sentin to fix his bike at some bike shop that is only in Sentin. There are no bike shops in, in, in the townships. There is no benefit for him to be paying you know, to go to an, a race that is two kilometers, well, five kilometers away, where you can still get the same riding experience only if officials can sanction the races at his community. So <laughs> there is no benefit. So black people are just not paying affiliation fees. They are riding, but we need to take it up. We've been riding for too long. We need to now say, let's implement our own structure in our own spaces let's make our own races let's have our own officials let's have our own event organizers let's have our own mechanics then the sport can develop properly 
And that is our biggest challenge. We are not recognized in our cry to say that is all that we want. And, and for the sustainability of the sport also, you need to exactly. spread it. You need to expand it. I always make an example about the Olympic Games in 2016. I was in Rio and there were no female swimmers in the pool. Um, and then when we did an investigation, we found out that all the national team swimmers were coming from about 10 schools around the country or 10 or 12 schools from around the country. And exactly. you just need to widen it. You just need exactly. to... Exactly. And the fact that the, the, the thing is, even our white riders, they did very well in the African track and champ- mm. uh, track uh, cycling championships in Cairo. But it's only because it is Africa. When they go overseas, they just be- become a, a, a big fish in a small pond because there is not enough competition. Even the level of the riders that we can say we've got good riders is only Daryl Impirini. Mm. who is a, a, a rider that you can say, you know, he's got muscle. Outside of that, it's an aging population. You're not finding new riders because the white population, we know they are less than 10% in this country. And, mm. and, 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 and we can't run away from that fact. So if you have less than 10% and you're finding the talent pool from that 10%, what happens to the 80%? You know what I mean? 90%. And if if if, if we were to really look at the facts and the statistics the physiology of black people in endurance anything marathons you know sprinting and all of these things it's dominated by black people the kenyans have proven to us that you know for endurance black people are just naturally built to be good in those kind of sports and you put a person of color in a bike I mean, really, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you remind me of a, of a fencing story. We have uh, so many fencers now in the from the black communities, and I think the last time they went the, to the All Africa Games, there were five black <laughs> fencers <laughs> ranked people, in the top people, five. Uh, those people try in when they go there by Olusa and they play <laughs> stick fighting and what. Oh yes, what. yes, yes. Isn't it the same thing? You just need to channel it now to understanding the rules and, yes. and, and, and you know. But what the I mean? talent is there. The natural talent is there. And then, the how natural. did it go today? The ride, twenty-seven kilometers anywhere. How was the support? Um, Do you think you got your message across? We got the message across. I am so humbled, and we are so thankful to the public for heeding the call. Uh, nationwide, we had so many races. We had representation in Mtata, in Kailicha. We had uh, a ladies' team, about 18 females from Egruleni, thank you, Manti, that came through and they rode mm. the 20... It wasn't even 27 Ks. They took it lo- a lot more further. I think it was 110 Ks that they did. Oh. We had representation in KZN. We had representation in Northwest, Mahikeng, Amanskral, Mamelodi. So they are blacks on bikes. The problem is that we cannot be excluded anymore. And the government needs to, you know, it's, it's, it's good to say let's follow process. Mm. But you can't follow process Forever. if it's taking you mm. to a big forest where you're not going to see any results. You know what I mean? Yes. There needs to be a, a, a conscious decision to say this is enough now. Things need to change. We, we really appreciate what has happened to our counter CSA. You know what I mean? Mm. But that, that, that can't just stop there because the issues go across the board with all the cycling, I mean, with all the federations, something needs to be done. They cannot organically change where they had all these 
policies and laws that prevented us from being part of the sport. We've you know got two I mean? minutes left uh, on Twitter. Umpo says, I'm starting to think the Department of Sport is out of touch with everyone in their <laughs> department. Uh, but just in the last two minutes, um, a minute and a half, Butler, what is it right to leave? So right to leave, the, the, those are our multimedia partners who are also trying to link up cycling talent with corporates and high net worth individuals that are willing to invest in the talent of cycling. So we are partners mostly in campaigns that we do, and they amplify the message for us to say we know we've got the structures and we know the people and corporates that can look into how they help you. I mean, for, 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 for right to live to exist, it also means that there is a problem with the federation because this is grassroots that should be invested in by them as the federation. You know what I mean? Mm. So those are our multimedia, multimedia partners. Okay. The producer says we'll continue the discussion on Thursday, but thanks for speaking to us uh, tonight, uh, Bushe, and I think it's only fair that we also give Cycling SA a right of reply here, but we will be in touch with you. Thank you so much, Tabiso. Thank you. That's Butla Madlala, the General Secretary of uh, the NCAF. She's laid it down here. Can't disagree with her considering how many of the similar stories we've done over the past uh, years. I mean, the fencing one for me is fascinating. The top, at that time when they went to the All-Africa Games, the top five fencers in the country were black. And it was only because one guy went to the township, introduced fencing, and then he realized that, hey, there is a natural talent here when it comes to fencing in the townships and he spread it he went to Soweto he went to the townships in Cape Town he went to Pretoria we've got an Olympian there in Silo Maduna and 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 the talent just came through because they were given that opportunity somebody believed in them and, and gave them access to the sport and look at what they've been doing now as far as fencing is concerned okay we're gonna take a quick break and we'll talk football after this